Good evening, part two. I'll tell you, I often think to myself, I'm so lucky. It's funny, I get on at 8 o'clock, I go with this great baseball mind and Kevin Hastings. We talk for an hour, it flies by, it feels like a minute. Talk my baseball fix, come back on, grab some food, come back on. I get to talk to a great football mind at 10 o'clock. RC, I heart pits, number eight. How you feeling, bud? Man, I'm pumped. I think there were some teams that really helped themselves in the draft. I think we've got some things going on, especially in Green Bay, that's going to determine the future of the NFL real fast. Uh, I think some teams are really about to shake up, and I am excited about my Falcons draft in the direction of the, the, the division even. I think Tampa, my division, and I think your division yeah. in, in the AFC East had amazing drafts. Yeah. So a lot of people really nailed this draft, I feel like. So I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and I've got to talk about being blessed. Just one second, Chappie. And I know you weren't able to – you kind of carried the mail for us last Thursday with our <laughs> normal shows while Raj and Robbie and I went off and – did a draft special and we even we even stayed on an hour later and tried to bring you on. Well, next year we'll have it ironed out better. But at one point we had a, a sustained 35 viewers online with us. Wow. 35, 40 viewers. And you think every station that covers sports has got this st- streaming right now. And we've got 35 people that is setting for 30-plus minutes listening to us. I ne- to me, it might have made this podcasting real when I thought about there's people choosing to listen to me over, over, right. over NFL experts, you know. So yeah. it was a real fun night. I, I'll tell you, it's, it's kind of interesting for me because, you know, without getting into it too much, um, I, I, you know, we both kind of have things going on um, building our own empires, right? And you know, I, I just felt a um, a real need to to talk to talk about baseball last week. You know, um, just because that's like like we were talking about. That's what that's my I, I I'm a baseball football guy. I don't mess with the NBA. I don't mess with hockey. Right. I, those are my two sports. I feel like I'm equally good at both of them. But you know, I grew up. I was a dirt kid. You know, I grew up on the fields. I grew up like you know. That's where I spent my summers, my springs, my falls. I remember going on family vacations um, in the summer, and my sister would get to go to an amusement park. <coughs> Shout out to my sister and her husband, by the way. It's her four year anniversary tonight. Hey, congratulations! That's and um, and um, you know, I would go to the ball field with my dad. And we would hit. Yeah, that's how I grew up. So, you know, when I get to when you get to talk to someone who really understands it like that, it, it's just a real blessing. But fact of the matter is, I love football equally as much. And to, to see what happens on draft nights, this has transformed in this last four or five years. Right. I mean, yeah. it hasn't been this big. Um, this has been the best show. That the NFL's put on to date, in my opinion. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the funny thing about it is, night one, I didn't, I didn't hear anything going on TV. Right. But but I was I was on the air, and I was amazed by the amount of information they were getting broadcast 
without even saying anything, me not hearing right. it, right. and all the stats that were coming up. It was pretty, it was pretty awe-inspiring. It was really fun. We had a season ticket holder from the Falcons on. We had D. Swain, my old buddy, who's yeah, a huge cool. Cow- awesome. fan on. We had my friend Justin, who is a Niners uh, lover on. And, and, and Chappie, Raj is a huge, huge Raiders fan. Yeah. If you've not seen, it's about hour 245 when the Raiders pick Alex Leatherwood. I've got to go get this clip and get it uploaded to TikTok and YouTube because this thing, it's almost went viral on us, just people watching it and going out two hours and 45 minutes. It's hilarious, his reaction. He was happy. Disappointed. Oh. That was the one. He said right before the draft, he said, the only thing that would disappoint me is if they take certain player off the board that doesn't meet a need like Alex Leatherwood. And three minutes That's later, they, they draft him, so – uh, it it was really fun, man. It was fun. So so that's that's a great point, and I think that leads us into the next point. So in uh, Roger's uh, negative prediction, um, you were thank you very much the first person to reach out to me um, with the Steelers' second pick. Um, I, I I think last time we were on air, I talked about Pat Freermuth being the Muth being the um, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and that's what happened. I'll tell you, I was a little bit surprised because Creed Humphrey was there. Yeah. But 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 they had a plan, right? Well, I, I, they did. And let me tell you my image of – I do think they got some O-line help later in the draft. But I think Pittsburgh's draft painted a story. We believe in what is there Yeah. on the offensive line. Yeah. We know we need some help at guard, and we're going to go out and get some people to compete. But what we really need is a playmaker at running back and a playmaker at tight end. They last year they pieced it together so poorly at tight end. They probably had good football players, but nobody ever took that position over. And in Friarmouth, they got somebody that blocks. Yes. And, and and as one of the analysts analysts says, he is a true boom or bust pick. This is a guy that could be in multiple Pro Bowls. He's got yeah. that kind of talent. But he really wasn't used that way at Penn State, you know. So, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you the thing that, that comes to my mind when I look at this kid. First off, I can't help it wearing that number eighty-seven. He reminds me of Eddie McCaffrey. I, 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 I just, I, I see that long build. I, you know, those long arms. He, he just looks the part. I'm really excited to see. I, I'll tell you, I see him playing a role much that. Um, that uh, Chase Claypool played last year. I, I, him and Claypool in the slot to me. Now, mind you, they still have Ebron for another year. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he might need that year. He's far from a finished product yet. Absolutely, absolutely. But when when you talk about a guy who has that 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 hard to match up skill set, right? Yeah. Going to be taller than any corner or safety he's playing. He's going to be faster than any linebacker that's trying to cover him. It's 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 much the same as Chase Claypool. This was the perfect pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I haven't even talked about Najee Harris. Najee Harris, to me, 
might be the best pick of the first round. He is. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I just want to say this. I hate this group speak analysis. You hear all these people talking about how poorly the Steelers did because they took a running back in the first round. Randall, I say to you, Huey, this was the best player available. And this, honestly, this is one of the – this guy to me screams Derrick Henry. I, I think in the NFL in 2021 – the value of the running back is so diluted, but there's a few teams that want to still play with that featured back where that running back is of the value that we understand it to be. You talk about really Tennessee yes. and Pittsburgh almost yeah. plays as throwback teams. Right. You know, uh, we've seen other teams. I think Vegas is trying it with Josh Jacobs. A little but, bit. Uh, but look at what the Jaguars did. They had the best NFL back running back to come through in several years as a rookie and drafted another first-round running back. Crazy. It, it's proof that most teams see that as a two-person position yeah. where I think the Steelers and the Titans yeah. still want that one guy that's going to get lathered up and run the ball 35 times. Nobody fit the Steelers' profile better than Najee Harris. Right. If this draft was 2001, Najee Harris would have been a top five pick yeah. because everybody wanted that guy. So let's let's keep it in perspective. The team that most needed that guy right. got, got that guy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's one or if it's 32. No, and I, and I don't think he's there at – I don't think if the Steelers move when they did, I'm not sure he's there much longer. I'm not sure what's happening that somebody's going to take him, somebody's going to stash him. I mean, proof. You can say all day the Jag Jaguars didn't need a running back. No. They took the number two running back yes. in the first round. So so, so, so just, I, I, just fin finishing up on Najee, the other part that I love about that pick, and, and, and it's hilarious because – we talked about this offline a little bit. Per, 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 perception among the industry is off on this. I'm a Steeler fan. I understand that they people forget they were what eleven and zero last year. Yeah, and they lost Zach Banner first game of the year. They they were beat up on the offensive line. They had, I think, three different offensive line injuries and, and after week 11. And look, the, you know, obviously with Pouncey retiring in the offseason, um, they they signed both of his backups, right? Um, I can't remember the – Finney and – I can't remember. The, it's the kid from Texas. But those guys now with the third-round pick of Kendrick Green – who, by the way, is nasty. Right. Perfect for that system. Is a great center for a center-rich team. People don't realize they've had three centers in like 35 years. Kendrick Green's that next guy. He will be the center in Pittsburgh for the next 12 years. And people think they neglected the position. I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling. 
People think they neglected the position. They knew they wanted Kendrick Green. And they got him at a value. What do you think? I agree with you. And, and, and I think that's the guy. When we get to Atlanta, we'll talk about the Falcons kind of right. doing the same thing. Um, I love the pick. I, I, you know, and I'm going to go off script just a little bit, Jappy. And it's somebody we haven't even talked about. But Quentin Roche in the yes. fifth round yes. is my favorite draft pick outside of Harris that the Steelers had. Now, I know you were on fire for fire move, but Routes is a guy. Oh, who, I agree. He is a PFF rated 85 edge rusher. Now, he don't have the skills to come out and play three downs. Right. But what, what he is is the guy that can take some snaps away from T.J. Watt to give him a little rest. Right. Take some, guy to, take some snaps. I really think he's going to take uh, maybe some snap, snaps from Alex Highsmith so that – Who you know he, I love. Yeah, I, I mean, they're great players. But right. you, a defensive lineman can't play 75 snaps. Absolutely. So now you've cut your two best ends snaps from 60 to 50. Yep. And, and you've replaced those – snaps with a guy who's a quality rush guy building for the future right Rouse is a player in the fifth round that i had more like a third ground rate on great on yeah and 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 you're absolutely right i love it uh just a couple quick notes because i know we're not going to spend this whole hour on the steelers right but you know you look at uh, that's so as much as i love the first three picks and i love the first three picks I think every single player that the Steelers drafted this year contributes in some way, shape, or form. Dan Moore will be a starting offensive lineman second half of this year. He's a friend of Kendrick Green. They train together. Big Texas uh, A&M offensive tackle. He could stick a tackle, but he also might move the guard. He's a great zone blocker. He's another one of those guys that, you know, has his quick first step, is able to to reach and pull, which is clearly what the Steelers wanted to do. So go ahead. So to answer your question, I have all but one of the picks making their team. And that's a very successful draft. Who doesn't make it? Well, I, you know, I just think that maybe one of the guys end up on practice squad, taxi squad. I don't know if anybody – like on the Falcons draft, I have two people not making the team. Um, I like uh, – let me get back to their draft. I want to see – I want to make sure I say this right. Oh, well, first of all, you know, you did draft a punter, so that's always a, a crap shoot at, at the best too. But he's a great, great punter. Jordan Berry's been terrible. Yeah. Um, he got, absolutely makes the team. You got a great punter. Uh, Trey Norwood is a kid that needs a little time. I like him. He, he's, he needs a little time. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk needs a little. He's a good player that needs an NFL body. And he'll get it in Pittsburgh. He is – that. he's just – he's a Big Ten guy that he's a little bit – Bottom heavy. So they'll reconstruct him and it'll be a good player. Can I give you a name? Yes, go ahead. Aaron Smith. Oh, yeah. I could that tell kid, you that. That kid's Aaron Smith. That kid's Aaron Smith. He plays. He plays week one. Uh, well, you know, if you if you hit anywhere near 
You've of had, Aaron Smith. Yeah. You've hit you you've had a monster draft. But Buddy Johnson plays in the nickel package. Dan Moore might be a special teams player his first year, but like I said, I think the second half of the year he plays. Well, I love, so so Tomlin loves uh, Norwood. He he calls him the Swiss Army knife. I think he's in a nickel package. I think he's Cam Sutton's replacement. I think every single one of these players contribute. If even if he's not, can he play special teams and that gets yes. him on the field? So yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I did like the punter. Yeah, uh, for the folks that haven't seen Harvin. He is a special, special kid. <laughs> He's a monster. He's, He's what, a big fella, huh? 260, 265. Yeah. Uh, I like the Steelers draft. Uh, the National Press, to be fair, kind of killed the Friar pick. Which is some, fun. Some people did. Some people loved it. Right. I, if you rated him as the second tight end in the, in the draft behind Pitts, it was the proper place to take him. Yeah, that's what it. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. If you said he's number two, Pitts is number one, you take him exactly where the Steelers took him. And, and and what last point? We'll move on. The reason why you know, the reason why I predicted that is because it's it's a it's a Pennsylvania kid, and Pittsburgh loves to take you know local kids if they're worth it. If they're worth it. And I, I felt like Firemuth was the guy that was worth it. So that's why I predicted him, and I got lucky, you know. It was a fun draft for Pittsburgh. I think it, they got I think they got better for next year. Uh, there's still some holes in that football team they got to fix down the road. But it's down the road this year. They're, they're going to play with what they got. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's funny, I, and, and you can ask my wife, I literally – yelled when they drafted him like it, m- all my dogs went crazy <laughs> she's like what in the hell is wrong with you <laughs> i'm like that's who i said they were gonna pick <laughs> but if we don't if we don't get to that the back to that division though i we will tell you, we I, will I, I loved what that division did yeah we we definitely will so um i, I i'll tell you so i got to ramble on for 20 minutes about the steelers i know you're really excited about what your falcons did so so let's talk about that real quick and then i, I think we we probably go out to like divisions after that makes sense makes sense and i and my, i'm not going to need that long because i don't think my i think the falcons defined the future of the team and the, the future of the team was choosing Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan and Grady Jarrett over one of the young play quarterbacks, Grady Jarrett, and having Julio Jones. They could not keep both of those. They cannot keep Julio Jones and Matt Ryan on contract after January the 1st or right. June 1st. So you make a decision there. And Chappie, everybody, it's a hard decision. But a 32-year-old receiver versus a 36-year-old quarterback, I think they made the right decision. Totally agree. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable with Justin Fields. I think he was a great pick for Chicago. Yes. You'll hear me praise him as an 11th pick in, for Chicago. I did not like the scenario of Justin Fields coming back to Atlanta after leaving Georgia with all the pressure on the world being a hometown kid. I didn't like that scenario for him. That's I think a good point. Chicago, I think Chicago fits him. Yeah. If I had a hundred dollars and somebody said thousand to one, go pick one Hall of Famer out of this draft, I'd take Kyle Pitts. I think he's the generational talent. I'm very pleased 
Uh, I think they made a good pick in the second round with Richard Grant. I've said all along through these podcasts, uh, an, an unpopular, an unpopular opinion was the Falcons do not need to do what the Cowboys did. The Cowboys needed to go fin- spend six or seven picks on their defense. It was that bad. The Falcons needed to improve a few glaring holes and change the scheme. And they're not going to be an elite. They're not even going to be an average team defense. But if you – the Falcons are almost in the place. If you can be the third division – a third rank, you know, not great, not good, but okay defense, that offense has the ability to be elite at this point. You think Mike Davis, who I absolutely love at running back. You add Cordell. You're adding Cordell Patterson as a true running back which I think somebody should have done a long time ago. And if Julio's not there, you still have Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and the Falcons folks love Russell Gage. So yes, that offense has, with or without Julio, has an opportunity to be very, very good. Let me ask you this question. Listen to Jeff Mann's it's been a couple weeks ago. He talked about if he had Cal Pitts, he would move him out to wide receiver because at wide receiver, you don't have to learn all these elaborate blocking schemes and you don't have to learn. You just have to learn the X or the Y, right? You don't have to learn like all these different, you know, run package, pass package. Uh, you know, what, what, if, if this was your team, where would you play Kyle Pitts' his rookie year? So, if you spot the football, Chappie, the old saying coaches will tell you, the closer to the football you are, the harder right. it is to play. Right. Getting him outside is perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I almost – I think we didn't see a tight end draft it. We saw a wide receiver slash tight end. Right. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst is still on this football team. Exactly. And – let me let me sum up Kyle Pitts, and I've gotten flack, but I, I just say this to anybody that's listened. Kyle Pitts ran the same 40 in his yes. senior day as Calvin Ridley. Right. He is four inches taller and 40 pounds heavier than Julio. Right. So you have a 6'6", 260-pound guy that runs a 4'4". Do you know there's one other athlete that does that in this world? And his name is LeBron James. Right. That's what kind of an elite athlete this kid is. So, so, and are we looking? Are we looking at a? Are we analyzing this wrong? Does this kid become a wide receiver? Uh, no. Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, uh, and, and they said it. We. I have the luxury of being involved with in the local area. They called him in Atlanta. They called him a tight end. I do think he will line up at tight end. Okay. I, I think they are satisfied that he can block in line. But what Atlanta has been able to do, and the way it was described to me, is most teams dress five wide receivers on game day. Right. It, Atlanta will dress four wide receivers and two tight ends. Fair. And, and, and Pitts in – in um, Hurst, Hurst, yeah, Hurst 
but Pitts is also your third wide receiver and your right. first tight end. Right. So, uh, and that saves the Falcons about four million a year. You think about it. That's yeah. not that's a position they don't have to fill. Uh, before we get off the Falcons, uh, you know, they they went and bought they went and got a little offensive line help, and I was yes, they did. I was plenty uh, plenty satisfied with that. It seems like they were convinced. If you look at the PFF ratings of these guys, they are truly one of both. Of, one of them was drafted as a tackle, the other one a guard. They're both guards in the NFL. These are not elite talents that can play outside. But what both of them have is unreal. In case of Mayfield, the best run blocking score of any guard in the draft. And it's a different position. I tell people all the time when you, when you, everybody goes, he's a great offensive lineman. The difference between being a guard and a tackle yeah. is, the, is the difference in being a great outfielder and a great shortstop. They're great at what they do, but they're not right. the same thing. So I, I, that's interesting because I, I thought I have Mayfield tagged as a tackle. So I, early on, he's the, they have already said this year he will compete for the left guard job. It's okay. an open job. Uh, Dolman is a center slash guard. Will be in that. Uh, I think the Falcons field are okay at tackle. Uh, Jake Matthews is uh, someone they invested heavily in, was a top 10 pick, and I think they feel pretty good at right tackle. So what Mayfield will probably be, again, uh, Coach Smith said it before the draft, uh, Chappie, he said he likes flexibility. So yeah. uh, he dresses, instead of dressing four tackles now, he dresses three tackles, and Mayfield becomes that fourth tackle you yeah. pick out. Nope, if you need right. it, it gives you a ton of flexibility. That's a great point. No, and, and, you know, I feel like that that's um, kind of what the Steelers did as well, right? So, so both of their offensive linemen could kind of play out or in, depending on how you, you need them, right? And I think yeah. that's that's the way the modern-day NFL is having, you know, um, a couple dominant guys that are anchors and then a bunch of guys that are able to be flexible. Uh, you, you've got your guys that are like the Orlando Browns of the world and the 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 Villanuevas and the you know the Jake they're true left tackles and that's all they are I mean right and that's right. the most valuable position they're protecting your quarterback's blind side and you invest and you see those guys normally are the second highest paid person on the team so that's a unique athlete that plays left tackle to play guard you just got to have a little nasty in you so so before we jump in I know we both want to kind of talk about some of our division foes right. Um, but before we do that, um, I'll give you a chance and then I'll, I'll take a chance. One other team that, that you want to talk about that really kind of, um, impressed you and their draft strategy. I, I loved, I loved, okay. It, it was all about the first round with a couple of teams for me. Right. The Chicago bears were yeah. in desperate place to find a franchise quarterback. And I think they did in Justin Fields. And they moved around, and they were able to move up one couple of spots and get him. And I was really impressed with that. Uh, the Detroit Lions did nothing and might have ended up with the best player in the draft as well. The darn Patriots do, yeah. do nothing, absolutely nothing, set at 15. And by the way Mac Jones walked up there. Oh, Jesus. I thought – 
I, it was like he, I knew I was going to the Patriots the whole time. Right. There's a reason good football teams get better. Uh, I liked the Dolphins draft. I liked the New York Giants draft. Um, it seemed like it was divisions. I thought the a- NFC East done well. I thought the AFC East done well. I thought for the most part the NFC South did well. The team I think that – AFC can, North. AFC North. The team that, that had a draft to me that just says, okay, we're going from a 9-7, and 10-6 team to an elite team is the Miami Dolphins, and it all depends on Tua now. He's yes. got He's got everything he could possibly need as an NFL starting quarterback. And I did think the, the story of the night is you saw three wide receivers reunited with their college quarterbacks. Yeah. Jamar Chase is a great pick for the Bengals. Devontae Smith is now with Jalen Hurts. And then Jalen Waddell um, on to Miami. I mean, I, I imagine that the Bengals draft room was like this. Joe, we need to get you somebody to protect your left side. I want Jamar Chase. Joe, we need to get you some help up front. I want Jamar Chase. Joe, oh, we need – I want Jamar Chase. And I could just hear that playing in my head. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to make a rookie of the year pick yet, but Jamar Chase will definitely be in my top three. Yes, yes. Um, I love all that you said. One team – so first off, what you said. Um, go back almost to a T, every single one of those teams that you named. Mac Jones turned around and drafted Christian Barrymore. Great pick. Great compliment, right? Um, Detroit, Penny Suell. How about Amon Raw, St. Brown? Great pick. Such a great value pick. They got him in the fourth round, right? Uh, the Bears. I love what the Bears did. So they got a ticked off Justin Fields, who. Look, I think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. Uh, I w- he was up until the process, and I don't know what happened, but he I, was always the second best quarterback. It's funny. So, you know, I, I I talked about Jeff Manns negatively earlier. I'll talk about him positively now. Um, he talked about pedigree, right? And he, he, he talked about these guys coming up through the ranks. He talked about Wilson, and he talked about Lance being nobodies coming up. And he talked about Fields, and he talked about Lawrence being pedigrees. They've, they've competed. They've competed on, uh, you know, the seven-on-seven seven drills, all the way up through the All-American games. You know, all the way up through they've competed. Justin Fields has always done very well against Trevor Lawrence. I think Justin Fields feels feels very slighted that he was drafted behind those two guys. And I think he's, he's going to wear that on his sleeve in a good way. But what I love about what the Bears did, Tevin Jenkins is a first-round tackle. The running back, Herbert, I like him a lot. I feel like they've helped him. Daz Newsome, I like a lot. Hey, my my that was going to be my sleeper pick of the draft at the end of the show. 
So I'm with you there. So I feel like, unlike what the Bears have done in the past, they had because they haven't drafted. They've done well on defense traditionally. Right. They've failed themselves on offense traditionally. I feel like they've bolstered this offense for the next seven to ten years on these players. Are you feeling the same way? I feel like the Bears have set themselves up to be a very successful franchise. And I I never thought I would see that. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, um, being here in Indy, obviously there's a lot of Bears fans. People forget Indy wasn't always here, you know. It was, what, 83 they came out here. So, you know, when there wasn't um, a professional team out here in Indy, a lot of teams like – a lot of people out here like the Bears. Um, So, it's – well, and my wife's from South Bend, so I also, you know, get a lot of Bears fans from that too. But Even from 83 to 97, people said they weren't professional football in Indianapolis. So Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean – No, they weren't very good. You're right. Um, So, you know – I've had to, I've had to endure a lot of um, watching a lot of bad football here, but uh, I think what they have is a really good foundation in Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, and they've built on that exponentially by bringing in the quarterback and bringing in two offensive linemen to help supplant that offense to be a little bit more of a juggernaut. So let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about the AFC North a little bit. Okay. Draft wise. Rank the teams and how they did. Oh, interesting. You should say that. I actually give me about 30 seconds and I'll pull that draft list up. (laughs) I should have had it ready because I knew it was coming. Uh, But uh, give me just one second to get to it. My my list in the AFC East uh, will consist of I scored the Steelers the best draft. The Bengals, the second best draft. I am hugely uh, underrating what everybody else has put the Browns draft as. I had them as third. Right. And the Ravens as fourth. But I couldn't find a loser. Right. And I didn't like the Richard Bateman pick. Then I heard heard, uh, Coach Harbaugh talk about how they plan to use him as almost a safety blanket for Lamar Jackson. And I went, yeah, you just got the best route runner in college football to be Lamar Jackson's safety blanket. And and I love Marquise Brown, but everything he runs down the field is 35 yards. Right. Now now you have a guy that can get open in that seven-yard space. Uh, Great pick now. I went from hating it to loving it. So so it's funny you should say that. And – by the way, I agree with your rankings. I think you're spot on. Okay, but I want to I want to start at the end because you're absolutely right. I'll start in the second round. I think a lot of people, you know, 
Jason Oa is a was a first round pick. Yeah, absolutely. And you know they got him. You know one thirty one. Which if you look at you look at them. Here, sorry, I, I I wonder about the third round pick, the the Cleveland pick from Georgia. Um. They yeah. need him to contribute immediately. I agree. And I feel like maybe that was a bit of a reach. I I mean, I, I get coming from that SEC pedigree. Um, I, Let me say it a different way, what you're saying. There was no value in that pick. You paid full price right. for Rice where you paid. Right. right. And, and I agree with you. There is no one when that pick made was like, oh, I had him rated as a second rounder. 100% spot on. But the other, on the flip side of it, the Wallace kid from Oklahoma State, I feel like is an interesting pick for them. You know, he he's kind he's kind of got that AFC North demeanor. One hundred percent. Tough kid, not going to take crap from anybody. Not afraid to go over the middle. I I, I feel like that's a good pick for them. So I feel like they made up there, right? Yep. I like what the Ravens did. I love what the Bengals did. I, I, I do. I, I I'll tell you. I I think. I know I'm biased, and I'm I, I'm fine with being biased. I think two of the best drafts in the NFL is Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I love what Cincinnati did. Just like with Chicago, I feel like it's clear that they're being well run at this point. Um, the Jamar Chase was absolutely the right pick. I agree, one hundred percent the right pick. Um, and they and, and they got tackle help in the second round, and a kid that's played at a high level. They want him at guard, and that's fine. And that, that's that, fine. That's fine. I, I, the 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 one that I like the most. The one that I like is the third round pick, the Osai kid out of Texas. They need they needed that that edge rusher, and you know, being a Big Twelve, that kid's impactful. That's one that stomped my foot. I, I you know, when the Falcons came up in the third round, that's one I was like, okay, he's there. Right, that's somebody I had at worst a late second round grade on. So, so just like we're talking about with the Steelers, your first three picks are starting day one. Yes. After that, everything else is kind of gravy. I'll, I'll tell you, I think maybe the steal of their whole draft, Chris Evans out of Michigan. They talked about Chris Evans in their post, um, their post uh, draft uh, press conference. And that, it sounds like he has a clear path 
to compete for that second job. And, you know, in, in the last couple of years, they've had Gio Bernard as their second back. Right. I, I think that is a place that they get better if Evans plays better. If Evans plays to his his ability. I like the Go kid, the, the kicker, Evan McPherson, is a, is one of my kids. He's from one of the high schools. I covered uh, Fort Payne, Alabama, went to Florida. The kid was the best – he's the best kicker in the draft. So you just pencil him in. He's going to be there as a decade as a Pro Bowl top kicker. Well, you know, I'll tell you, everybody last year kind of was, was talking about Zach Taylor being on the hot seat. This is one of the best up and young coaches, up and coming coaches in the game, if you ask me. If Zach Taylor's on the uh, hot seat, I know about 20 other NFL teams that could use yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I, I'll talk about it here. Let's talk about fantasy football. All right. I, I, we talked about this offline, so I know where you, you know where I'm going with this. I traded away in our league um, Pat Mahomes at the end of the last year. People thought I was crazy. But I have in, in our league, which I'm bringing you back into, I have Joe Burrow as the seventh-round pick, and I have Jalen Ertz as an 18th-round pick. Who are you keeping and why? I am. Um, well, that's a tough one because you got so little value in Hurts. Um, it is hard for me to not sit in this world and say Gerald Burrow is not going to be a top seven quarterback next year, if healthy. Right. Uh, I if if there was a range of outcome for Jalen Hurts. I am on the very, very edge of the he's going to have a great year. So right. I'm, on, I'm on the sunny side. Right. Uh, I'll give you Burrow for just 21 at quarterback 7-8. I think – I don't think there's more than five spots. I'll give you Hurts as quarterback 12, quarterback 11. Just because the, the leg yards, man. He's going to rush for six, seven, you know, four, five, six, seven hundred yards. Right. And and at ten, yeah, I mean that's forty points. Yeah. You know, I I, I would sure be tempted. I know, but the, I, the, like you said, the range of outcomes is much greater. Yeah. Right, with Hurts. Uh, but, but it being a dynasty league, it's it would be really hard for me to say, "See you, Mister Burrow." Right. Right. Yeah. Especially after selling the farm with Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you you would be tough to, to say I'm going to let Burrow walk. So so again, it might we'll call it this. I'll make it a little bit more enticing. Burrow at an eighth, Hurts at an eighteenth. Uh, Dynasty three man keeper, four man keeper. Excuse me. Uh, permanent keeper, right? You can keep them. As permanent keeper forever. I take, I take Burrow. If it was a limited number of years, three, four, I take Ertz, but right, right. Uh, I mean, 
at 24 years old, you may not have to draft another quarterback. I, I, I'm, I, I'm 55, yeah. so <laughs> I, I don't know if you'll have to draft another quarterback until I'm in my 70s. Yeah. You think yeah. of it that way. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. That's a – oh, God, I'm old. Yeah, well, and so I guess that's a great point, right? So I want to say one more thing uh, going back to the Steelers. Like people talk about – people talk about Ben Roethlisberger being old. People forget. I don't think people realize this. So the flexor tendon, it attaches on the elbow, and it goes up. There's five of them. They go up to every single finger, right? Ben Roethlisberger snapped every single one of his flexor tendons in his elbow. Every single one of them went up into his hand. He came back and played a full entire NFL season, I think, nine months after that happened. He's 38 years old, Randall. So the one thing about quarterbacks, Chappie, is you don't have to guess when they're done. Right. Right. It's obvious, and we got the example of the one of the greatest of our generation. We got two of the greatest of our generation. You watched Drew Brees last year; he was done. Right. You watched Peyton Manning five years ago; he was done. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's nothing that I saw last year that tells me Ben Roethlisberger exactly is done. So, my, I, I guess my whole point in saying this. Coming back fresh out of rehab, he was able to go out and throw the ball. I don't have it in front of me. What four hundred times last year, right? Yep. What what? At thirty eight years old, you look at you look like you say you look around the league. You see um, Tom Brady at eighty two years old. You see Drew Brees at seventy three. All these quarterbacks are playing. So, so the quarterback's prime age in the NFL th- these days is like, th- like Ben Roethlisberger is just hitting his prime. I'm being a little facetious. I, I get that, but you get what I'm saying. Like Roethlisberger could play another five years, realistically. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he will, but I think he plays three. I think, I think the number used to be 35 at quarterback, but the protection rules, better nutrition. More training. I mean, you talk about the guys of when we were kids, uh, Ken Stabler's have a shot of whiskey at halftime. Right. Come out and get drilled, play 10 years. These guys haven't abused their bodies right. that way. Uh, it was a clear, defined shot. You can go look at the one shot that broke C3 or C4 for Peyton Manning that six years later ended his career. Right. It was a shot for Drew Brees. Until you, you know, I don't, I really don't think Tom Brady's quitting next year. I think no. Tom Brady feels like he's got a three to four year window I with agree. the Bucks. Yep. And, and he's going to play all yep. three or four years. And yep. Why not? Everybody that's hating on him, why not? If you can get up out of your chair right now and walk outside and be the third baseman for the Chicago Cubs, would you yep. not? Absolutely. Me too. So, so quit hating on the guy. He's a goat. So, so, so 
just want to finish this. You look at what the Steelers did for Ben Roethlisberger in this draft. A guy who is one year further away from removed from a major, like, historic. So, like, that surgery had never been done to that degree in professional sports. Okay? In professional sports, let alone in a throwing arm of a quarterback. You added a really good running back as a floor. Maybe an all-pro in that system, right? He's going to get the carries to be an all-pro. Is Najee Harris' first-round pick? It matters how your draft breaks, and I hate to say it, but he's right there in that. He There's a group up front, we all agree, that's there. Uh, I would say to this, on the backside of my draft, I would be debating between elite wide receivers and Najee Harris. Right. Um, do I pick Najee Harris over Julio Jones? I do. Do I pick Najee Harris over DeAndre Hopkins? I probably don't. But DeAndre Hopkins is probably my 10th or left player off the board. So backside, first, at the worst, early second. So, Pat Freebooth, is he a tight end one this year? I still think it'll be split this year. Yep. Uh, I think for dynasty purposes, you could draft him as a future standalone tight end. Then you take into account. You brought Juju Smith-Schuster back at a reduced price. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Eric Ebron. You have Chase Claypool. How potent is that offense? It's very good offense. And I said it on the other show. Uh, the only only question mark to that offense is keeping Big Ben upright and healthy for the year. That's it. And I, I, you tee it right up for me. And this is where we get back to the point of Drew Speak analysis being off. Someone looking at PFF or someone looking at Kendra Green is one of the best picks in this draft. More contributes immediate contributes immediately, and let's be honest: the Steelers are back to full health on that offensive line. Banner's back, Okafor's back. They'll be in good shape on the offensive line. Coach Tomlin said he had confidence in his offensive line, and I went with that. You know, I don't question coaches, and maybe I'm one of the few guys in the media. But when somebody asks a coach a point blank question, and he gives you an answer like, I'm comfortable with my offensive line. He's comfortable with his offensive line. Yeah. And Tomlin shoots straight from the hip. Yep. He, he the, does, does not mince words. You know, uh, when uh, – I think Denver 
Um, not to jump oh, off the subject. No, absolutely. Please. I think Denver drafted believing that their quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I 100% believe Denver, when it's said and done, believes they didn't need to draft a quarterback that Aaron Rodgers will be their quarterback in 21. So, I, I, I love that you brought them up. I, I was actually just getting ready to pull their stuff up. Uh, my, my question about Denver. What does the running back situation look like? Well, you know, I actually, um, I sold Melvin Gordon really low last year in a fantasy league and regretted it later. Yeah. But um, I, will, I will probably slaughter his name, but Javante Williams was my right. number two. My number Great two. job. Phenomenal my no- job. My Great number job. Two, number two running back in my draft. Yeah, over ETN. Yeah, um, Mans had him as his number one. I think he is. Uh, I, and, and 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 then I'll tell you, I had two other picks from Denver. I loved. Uh, I loved the Bar- Brown uh, Bearing Browning pick from Ohio State. Okay, yeah, I love Jamar Johnson. Safety in oh the yeah, totally great. I totally agree with that. And you know, be, I was like, oh I wanna... no, that's a great pick. I can't believe he he lasted that long. I mean, um <clears throat> another guy that you know, the the the, the guard from Wisconsin Whitewater, uh Minares, I think yes. that's his name. That that's a kid who's who's nasty. I mean, I really like that pick. Denver did a really good job. Denver did. Denver <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if Denver comes out, I, I, the NFL GM's poll said that Aaron Rodgers cost you two number ones and a number two. I think Denver tomorrow ships their next two number ones and next to, uh, next no, number two to uh, Green Bay at that price in a heartbeat. Listen, uh, you know, uh, th- we could do a whole show about Aaron Rodgers. Um. My daughter's college funds tied up in him, so he can't do anything stupid. Uh, well, it, it, it's one of those things where, uh, well, I'll call it like I see it. He's a prima donna. He needs to go somewhere that's going to coddle, right? I don't know that uh, you would think if Denver's willing to, to to spend all that draft capital that they would do that. Um, uh, wherever he needs to go. It's going to have to be someplace just like Tom Brady that's just going to let him do him. So, and I agree with you. Um, he has a unique uh, – I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, and, and it's not Aaron Rodgers the man. I'm talking about the football player. Right. Uh, if you ask me today who's the best quarterback in the NFL, I tell you it's Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think Mahomes is at Aaron Rodgers' level yet, but Mahomes is a close second. Aaron Rodgers, that whole Jeopardy thing is a pawn card that no one else has. And it's almost like he knows now he could go set out a year and walk away from Green Bay and end up anywhere he wants to be. Right. It's an awful powerful card. Uh, I, I think Denver's where he wants to be. I think playing for another Hall of Fame quarterback late in your career was a really good fit for Peyton Manning. And I think they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle the second time with Aaron Rodgers. 
so let's remember what they got out of the five years with Peyton Manning. Two Super Bowl appearances. No, excuse me, three Super Bowl appearances. They lost one. one no, two Super Bowl appearances. An MVP and four Pro Bowl years. That, I mean, I think most people would take that for Aaron Rodgers right now. What if I countered with the Washington football team? I think it's even a better fit. I think um, Rodgers prefers staying on the West Coast. Okay. Makes and sense. I, I think that's part of it. Um, uh, Washington is the team closest to winning that has no quarterback. Right. And they're, they're there. Uh, I actually thought Washington could come up and pick a quarterback or take a developmental quarterback. Uh, I, you know, what make, Ron Rivera said was pretty interesting, though, right? It was, it was. I don't remember the exact quote. You have it? So, I don't have the exact quote, but the gist of it was, um, I, I feel like we can win with a, um, with a, a, a serviceable quarterback and build around and draft a franchise quarterback when we've built a team around him. Yeah. And I think that's a unique approach in this day and age. Well, I think I, uh, there's one more card to play out. Let's, it's almost a baseball comparison. NFL quarterbacks all of a sudden have the ability to move unlike right. any place in the time and past. If Atlanta had walked away from Matt Ryan, somebody else would have gave him $25 million, right. Washington. Somebody. Right. So, no, you're absolutely right, and and you know it, it's one of those things where um, who wouldn't want to go play for um, the, the Ron Rivera's? What? No, I, the receiver. Um, I'm totally sp- McLaren. Yeah. Why? Well, who wouldn't want to go through to, to Scary Terry? You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know. I, um, I think Logan Allen's another one of those guys. He he's going to be a top five tight end next year. Yep. Um, we were- I, I, I mean, it's one of those teams where they're they're really intriguing. Yeah, play defense, great. Yeah, in a division that anyone could win. Well, and it's you know to your point earlier about the Steelers, it's an old school team. Yeah, they're willing to run the football and play the game the right way. And it, you know, I mean, I think finally Dan Snyder got it right in bringing in Ron Rivera. Hopefully, they let him do what he wants to do. Yep. Let him, um, be, let him be Ron Rivera. Yeah, yep. But um, I, I don't I, – I, I'm just looking down through here, trying to figure out other places where Rodgers fits in. Um, there's not a whole lot of places left, right? No. Um, you know, you could you could say someplace like Las Vegas could get into it. Um, but, you know, that franchise seems cursed right now. I'm just going to tell you. Just seems not to be going in the right direction. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, but there's no way Green Bay would trade into Minnesota. Right. Um, also, uh, let's not forget. I don't think every anyone in their right mind has thinks Russell Wilson's happy in Seattle. Right. And, and I think that's a quarterback that moves in the next 24 months. It may not be in this 
this trade window the next little bit, but uh, there's there's going to be there's going to be some openings and quarterbacks moving over the next little bit, and it's just becoming uh, a more. I don't know if valuable is the right word, but it's kind of like that front end starter in baseball. It's just hard to find that Jacob Degrom out there. Right. Right. So. So. You got my wheels churning a little bit. Anyway, a Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers trade happens. Uh, yeah, there would be both teams would end up with a pro. That's my number three quarterback in the NFL. I'm really a Russell Wilson guy. So I always uh, have been. Yeah. Yeah. I you know somehow I think Russell Wilson's going to end up in the East Coast. Uh, you know I. If the Sam Darnold experiment fails in Carolina, I think that's where Russell Wilson eventually lands. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm thinking this through, Randall. Where'd A-Rod play his college football at? Cal. Northern California. Yeah. Where'd Russell Wilson play his college football at? Wisconsin and... North Carolina State. I, I yeah, I, I get the North Carolina State. Where's Wisconsin? What's where's Green Bay? Girl, Wisconsin. <laughs> this is this is interesting to me. I like this. I I, I would. Can you imagine a Rod throwing to DK Metcalf? I I would like the Seattle end of it just because I think Seattle's got the little better offensive talent. And I do think there's some truth that to Aaron Rodgers' frustration with the the players around him on offense. And and again, we know Devontae Adams is an elite player. You can put him anywhere. But is the Tonyes of the world and the you know the other guys that's made improvement is that because they play with Aaron Rodgers or because they're better players? I tend to fall on – like I think Peyton Manning made Dallas Clark a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, one team – and I know we're running out of time. One team I want to touch real fast, and it's another rookie quarterback. I thought the Chargers oh. done really well uh, with – what they got, which was a elite left tackle, yep, a elite cornerback, which they were desperate for. And Chappie, I know I'm a homer. I'm going to talk about a Tennessee guy. In the third round, they got Josh Palmer, and everybody was like, "Kid caught 35 balls." If you're a Tennessee football fan, you know how bad the quarterbacking has been. There was a unique tie to the old running back coach from Tennessee is on the Chargers staff, and you know they kept going. He said, you've got to bring this kid in. And this kid's a baller. I'm telling you, uh, that name, Josh Palmer, uh, when you get ready for your fantasy drafts, about the 14th or 15th round, grab him, stuff you on your bench. See, you know, hit big, maybe. I'll tell you, as I'm looking at it, I agree. Um, I love the first two picks. The kid that, that, that stands out to me, I think is a perfect compliment is Larry Rountree. Yeah, a good bat. A bruiser. Rent slower. Slow. 
a between the tackles guy. Yep. A perfect compliment for who? Austin Eckler. Exactly. I, I think that's a great pick. And yeah. I think he contributes, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, as a red zone back there. I, I, I love what they've done there. Um, you know, it, it was just, I was listening to one of these shows, and they're talking about um, legacy players and how they're always first-round picks. I, I feel like Asante Samuel Jr. was, was a good value in the second round. I do. Um, he, if Florida State was still Florida State, he wouldn't have been a second round pick. He's right. one of the kids. He played well in a bad football program. Right. Florida State, Tennessee. It's the same philosophy of Josh Palmer. You can be the best player on a really bad football team. Yeah. And you're not going to be a first round pick. Right. That's that's where that draft work comes into it. Yeah. Um. On to Miami just for a second. Here's totally. why I love Miami's draft. Jalen Waddell was my third wide receiver. Jalen Phillips was my number one rusher. Yeah. Javon Holland was my number one safety. Lyman Itchenberger was my sixth offensive tackle. And, hey, at pick 81, they got the number three tied in in my ratings. I, I mean, that's to a football team in eight, in, that had – Two, four, five picks in the first 81. And every one of them seems like uh, – it was like, yeah, yeah. And they have a great tight end. They yeah. didn't have to have under long. long. They are adding pieces now. Yeah. Luxury pieces, right? Yeah. No, I, I'll tell you, the, the, the one that I love there, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the one's good, two's good. I don't know much about the, the, the Holland kid. But Eichenberg, I know, you know, again, being in the area, is a really good ball player. Good football player. Um, Long, I know, that is a really good tight end. I, I, I feel like, you know, again, I know you're sold on Tua. They're really trying to set him up to where they really understand what he is and whether or not he's the franchise there. They don't want to leave him any excuses. I think – I think I don't know if I'm as sold on Tua as I, I believe he deserves a chance. I don't think he showed anything on the field last year that warranted the negative, you know. Uh, you know, when, when they pulled Josh Rosen a few years ago after drafting him and adopted him, you could see that kid can't play quarterback. I still think Tua can play quarterback. If two years down the road he's still struggling, go get you another one. You know? Right, yeah, but but I feel like with him being a left-handed quarters quarterback, I feel like the Eichenberg pick is humongous for him. Yep, yep, because it stops that bull rush on the left-hand side. It keeps that pocket clean on that perspective, so they can roll out, so they can create their playbook. Whereas they didn't have that last year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, so so real quick, I want to talk about because I feel like this is important too. Let's talk about the Jaguars. Okay. Um, I, I, of course, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the top of the draft. I feel like probably their best pick, and CBS Sports has them as a bit of a, a reach, is the, the tackle from Stanford, Little, Walker Little. 
I feel like just like with um, Tua, I, I feel like that creates that edge, that that guy that they know they could put there and protect their their investment. I love the pick. I love Stanford kids. I love smart kids that yep. learn how to play football the right way. Yeah. Um, I I was not. And I know you were doing the baseball on draft day, which we were able to double team and cover a lot of her. So let me tell you one quick story, Chappie. And I've saved this till draft week. And I told it on the draft show. And I don't think I've ever told you this story either. Nice. Uh, And six years ago, I was still working for Rivals. And I was sent out locally to recruit kids. You know, it's uh, not recruit, but to rate kids. Right. So I got a call. And they were like, hey, will you go down to Cartersville? There's a kid that's absolutely the biggest Tennessee fan. He's a sophomore. Everybody says he's the real deal. Go down, watch him play White County, which is 40 minutes from my house. I went, sure, I'll go do it. Went in, sat in, just happened to sit down by his dad. It's like, oh, and we started a conversation. He's like, yeah, we got to, you know, he was born in Knoxville. And I was like, oh, wow. I said, I, I write for the rival site, for the Tennessee site. And he was like, really? Will you go meet him after the game? That would thrill him. I was like, okay, cool. So I watched the game, and I wrote Drew Bledsoe on my paper. So this kid was six foot four, six foot five, 220 pounds, playing at a little small school, very good school, like a 4A school. I go down. I, I didn't get to meet him that game. I went back later, and – I saw his dad again. He stopped me, and I was like, hey, is he still going to Tennessee? Oh, absolutely. He loves Tennessee. He said, can you meet him after the game? I said, yeah. I said, I brought this. I was going to show him. I rated him five stars. He goes, he'll love seeing that. So after the game, I go out, and and Mr. Lawrence introduces me to his son, Trevor. Awesome. He he signed my rating sheet where I called him the next Drew Bledsoe. And, of course, the kid made absolutely the right decision going to Clemson. Because uh, Tennessee's program was a mess right there. But I've been around Trevor since he was 16 years old. And I've never heard him say anything but yes, sir, no, sir, to anybody. Uh, he earned that right to be the first pick. He was a great pick. Uh, I think Trevor, I think some of the other, I think Justin Fields has a bigger upside than Trevor. Right. But but at worst, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a 10, 15-year-old quarter, year quarterback in this league. And he's going to produce. So it's nice to see a kid that you saw kind of oh, mature. I, I mean, I, I take pride in that. And God, I, I posted the day of the draft a picture of Trevor at a Tennessee game with a Tennessee helmet on when he was 11 years old. And yeah. uh, it, it's tough. It's tough, yeah. but it's a good family. And I, I'm happy for the Lawrence family because the whole family, his father, his mother, Trevor's kids, uh, Trevor's grandkids, their, their whole family just got their life changed because yeah. that's that's generational wealth for his family. And I'm really, if I play just a tiny part in that, it makes me feel good. And his family's family, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and I'll tell you, I feel like, you know, God, it's, Urban Meyer gets a bad rap. He is so good at what he does. Um, I thought this the, his second pick was brilliant. I think bringing in his teammate and Ed Clemson is just what a great job. He um, was 
he, he admitted he was taking Kadarius Tony from Florida. Yes, right, and, right. And, and the Giants stole him. Right. But, but I mean, bringing in a guy like that who's just a, a, a playmaker, right? I mean, he's someone he, – he's a safety valve. He's so many things. I feel like the, the top four picks there contribute immediately. Yes. Uh, Tyson – Tyson Campbell was the best corner not named Sertan in the SEC. Right, right. Uh, Walker Little, we've already talked about. Andre Sisco. I love this kid's film, Chappie. He, uh, I know, and I know he went pick 65, but that group that started uh, with the Falcons, and uh, I think somebody took a pick at pick 36. There was a group of safeties, and they were all very similar to me. And the last one being Cisco, and when they got him at pick sixty-five, I think they got the last of the NFL-ready starter safeties this year. So great pick. Uh, I don't know a lot about the DN they took, but I will say this: uh, I do love drafting quarterbacks that and putting them with kids that are played in the, under the lights. And right. you're talk, you got a, two kids from Clemson, a kid from Georgia. A kid from uh, SC, a kid from Ohio State in this draft. Right. Uh, you know what? They're not going to be intimidated playing in Miami on a Monday night. Yeah. So. All right, man. We got 15 minutes. I, I, I've kind of dictated this a little bit. What What do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the teams that absolutely crap the bed. <laughs> I hated the Houston Texans draft. Now, granted, they didn't have a first and second round pick, but that third round pick, Chappie, you take your one pick of value and you pick a quarterback. Now, I don't know if the Texans realize it or not, but Deshaun Watson is not playing in 21, and your starting quarterback's Tyrod Taylor. Right. Next, next year, you're going to have the number one overall pick and you're going to be sitting there to take Sam Harold or Howell. So what a waste of a pick. To me, a team that's desperate for talent don't need to draft a kid with a backup developmental quarterback grade. Uh, I also am really confused by the Raiders draft. I love what they did in the second round with Morning, but Alex Leatherwood is mm. – was a is he not even a left tackle? And you would think most times when you draft a kid that high, he's got a left tackle grade on him. The Raiders desperately needed a right tackle, but let me tell you what the Raiders could have done, Chappie. They could have traded their first round pick, picked up a second round pick and a second round pick in next year's draft, still got Alex Leatherwood, and probably picked up a third and fourth in this draft, right? And still had the same player. Um, just flipping through. I wanted to ask you a question. Yep. Um, what did you think? What did you think of Washington's draft? And did you think that they should have picked up a quarterback? And I will follow that up with a question. Yeah, I mean. At the time, obviously, I did. I'm trying to get to him. Hang on one second. At the time, obviously, I did. But then, like I said, when we talked earlier about um, 
about what Rivera said, it, it certainly made a lot of sense. Um, I, 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 you know, the only thing I, that the only thing that worries me a little bit about that approach is um, I, 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 I worry about you know if you're a middle of the tier team or if you're a middle tier team and you need a quarterback, well, you're not going to get you know if you so for instance, um, they're not going to be where the Texans are next year. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so by building the rest of your team around that quarterback, you're then, unless you're planning on going out and spending money to get the next whoever, right? That's a free agent. Um, I, I don't understand what the end game is with now. Maybe Ron Rivera says I can win with. You know, a Matt uh, Hasselbeck type of player. I, I, that could very well be. So uh, the question is, and, and we saw Tampa go take Kyle Trask in right. the second round and get right. crucified for it in some media. I think it's a genuinely great pick. But why? I, I really was confused why Washington passed on Trask in the second round. If you think he is a mass Hasselbeck type quarterback, and that's the one that bothered me more than anything. Well, and I guess I'll play the devil's advocate. You know, being a Big Twelve guy, that kid from Texas is really good. The offensive cost me. Yeah, he's he's a a, a start right away type of player. So. If I mean, you know, like the Steelers were supposed to be pretty high on 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 Trask as well. If it's one of those guys that's kind, of, it's kind of polarizing, right? If yeah. you believe, if you believe he can come in and he can develop into a a, a, a low end fancy service old quarterback, is that worth a second round pick? I mean, holistically, like, uh, and it's like, I, like fundamentals of football, right? Is is a is a low end QB one worth a second round pick? That's the million dollar question. I can't I don't answer. know, man. I don't know either. If you if you could go out and get a left tackle that you, that you can say can start a left tackle for the next seven years, uh, I take the tackle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where I'm coming from with it, right? Uh, I, I, you know what? You changed my mind. I mean, I'll admit when I, I, I really, I, yeah, that's a good point. I still love the pick for Tampa, right? Because Tampa has the luxury to set him there for not even a year or two, for four years, as we said. Hey, uh, before we get off the air, we got just a minute. Do you want to play a quick uh, fantasy yes. impact? Yes. So I'll call the players and let's both just throw out what's the fantasy impact for 21? What do you think your fantasy impact is in Dynasty? Fair enough? Fair enough. We're going to start at the top for you, Najee Harris. Oh. Fantasy impact. Um, I guess around in 21. We kind of did it, but. Around, uh, yeah, uh, or, or how, what do you think his stats look like in twenty one? 
and 21, I feel like he is the rookie of the year. Okay, fair enough. I, I feel like he rushes for 1,400 yards. I feel like he catches another 400 yards. I feel like he gets 12 total touchdowns. So he's your number one. I mean, he's, he's for you, a late first rounder at worst. I, I, I hope I get a chance at him. So what do you think about in Dynasty? Um, about the same. Really? About the same, yeah. Do you, do you prefer him over the three quarterbacks in Dynasty? Without a doubt. Okay. The, the, I'll, I'll ask you to clarify. The three quarterbacks. Uh, uh, Lawrence, uh, Wilson, and Lance. And yes. Fourth would be Fields. I value Fields a little bit more. Okay, so Fields would be your number possible number one overall pick. Uh, Fields would be my first quarterback I take. Perfect lead into the next question. Where do you rank the four quarterbacks? Five quarterbacks with Jones. Fields, Lawrence, Jones, Wilson, Lance. And that's just for fantasy, of course. Right. Um for Dynasty, do you rank them the same way? Because um, for 21, I would rate Lawrence number one. For Dynasty, I would probably have Fields as number one. You're probably so, that's close. I, I that's a I I keep them the same. All right, another question that we got actually asked, and I'll answer it first, so you won't feel no pressure. All right. Where do you rank Kyle Pitts for 21 only at tight end? I'm going to give you some advice. I think you could easily overdraft Kyle Pitts in 21. I still have Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, all those guys without a doubt higher than Pitts. Would you not agree? Um, I would have him third. Okay. All right, I have, I, have Ke- I, I have Kelsey in front of him, and I have Kittle in front of him. I have him ahead of Waller. I, I had Waller ahead of him, and I put a projection out, and that the question I got a couple of days ago, over or under 850 yards? Over. Over or under 10 touchdowns? Ooh. Just under. I went under on both. I gave 65 for 800 yeah, and, and nine touchdowns. By the way, my number on Najee Harris was 1,200 yards, and I'm still going to stay with it. Okay. So we've beat around with it. This is fun. Yeah. Give me your top three rookie of the years. Wow. Najee Harris. Javante Williams. Wow. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to give you Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, and Jamar Chase as my three. Oh, I forgot about Chase. All right. Last one in this kind of crazy speed round. If you are in a dynasty startup league and you know – that you could secure one of the rookie quarterbacks post the 10th round. 
would you be willing to put your whole team's future in one of those five guys? I'd put it in one of those two guys. That being Lawrence and Fields? Yes. All right. I don't trust the other three. I think they could be good quarterbacks. They could also falter. Who do you think uh, – and I have a strong opinion of this. Who do you think the biggest loser fantasy football-wise was in this draft? And I'm going to throw my name out. And when you think about it, I think think he went from a sure early second-round pick to later, and that being James Robinson. I think he took a major, major blow with that draft. How about you? Um I, I I'll think a little differently. And you said draft. Yeah, uh, yeah, fantasy football draft, yes. I, I'll say Devontae Adams. Interesting. Interesting. And has that had to do with the uh Rogers situation? Obviously, yeah. How about this guy? How about T. Higgins? Because oh. I, I thought T. Higgins would have been about a third-round pick pre-draft, and I think now he fa- falls to the middle rounds. I'm still taking T. Higgins. Do you? Okay. I, I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you're right, but I'm still taking T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a stud. He showed that last year. Both of those guys can eat in that, in that uh, receiving court. All right, Jeffy, this is you've kind of you may have already answered this one, but I'm gonna ask it a different way. <laughs> okay. Who was drafted on the third day that we as fantasy football players will be scrambling for him at some point in next year's draft? You're killing me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead with mine. Okay. Mine is I've talked about him already, Josh Palmer from Tennessee. I think he's the clear number three to to or Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in the Chargers. So I'd go Josh Palmer. I think you already gave us our answer kind of in Denver at a running back position. I believe it was Denver. Yeah. No, it was Denver. I, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you just set me up there as I'm trying to uh um Make sure I'm not missing someone. Uh, no, I actually, absolutely, I, I you know, um, the kid from North Carolina, Javante Williams. Yeah. Um, it, you know, to me, every every everything I've heard, read, seen, um, kind of points to him being, um, you know, a a, a feature type back there. Um, one other guy, though, that uh, I, I really wanted to touch on, and I did mention him earlier. I, I'm really interested to see with Amon Ross St. Brown. That's uh, good. Uh, you know, and now that you say that, let me throw another one at you. And he's got ties to Tennessee. Green Bay, if Roger does stay in Green Bay, they took Amari Rogers, the son of T. Martin, the former Tennessee quarterback in the third round, he's got a pretty good shot to be their second wide receiver. Right. If 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 Rogers stays. Yeah. Um, I know a, a, a guy I work with, uh, Steve Bodie, he's a big Green Bay fan. He, he likes that pick a lot. Uh, I, I, 
another kid I watched grow up in another family T uh, unfortunately it got bitter with T and he's moved on, but you know, there's a lot of history with T and his family. And again, another kid that, that, cho- that lives Chappie, he lives less than five miles, grew up from the university of Tennessee campus and chose to go to Clemson. So sometimes people ask me what happened to Tennessee's football program. I go, yeah. it's perfectly fine. It's just in Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah. I, I, I will say one more name, and I mentioned him earlier, um, and I think this is a system fit. Um, the, the Wallace kid from Oklahoma State in Good Baltimore. One. I feel like that's a kid who, um, you know, reminds me a lot of Jarvis Landry. That's, uh, that's a real good pick. Uh, the New York Jets took a, a wide receiver from Ole Miss, I believe. Oh, great call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moore. Uh, Eli Moore. Moore. Yeah. Eli Moore. Then uh, I think that was a great call. Now, yeah. another one that stunk was the Seattle Seahawks. They spent all draft mm-hmm. equity to move up to take uh, a, a wide receiver. I had a six, fifth, sixth round grade. And I'm no Mel Kiper. I'm no NFL scout, but you don't. Have to take, be, right? Yeah, you don't have to be to know a kid rated at 114. Right. It worked the 56 pick. Right. And, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, some of these teams, um, they're very much. You don't understand it. Yeah. There's so much, like, going on in the background. You're absolutely right that, that it's it's hard to, like, really, uh, so, you know, some teams spend more than others in the scouting department. Some people, some teams are looking for, like, certain things or attributes and, and that can really, you know, the Steelers have generally been pretty good in that, right? But there's been a few years where, like, what the heck are you doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and some teams, it's just it's perpetual. Um, Seattle hasn't been that way, you know. Um, and it's it's hard when you got three picks. Yeah, and you've got DK Metcalf and Boyd. You've got two great wide receivers, uh, but. I don't know. I felt like I felt like the the young teams, young GMs had a real good night in Atlanta, New York. Um, I, I really felt like it was a successful draft, and uh, I have to reset now. I truly have done a week's worth of shows about the draft tonight. I actually watched a baseball game for the first time let in me, the week. Let me let me tell you something, and you know I know it's eleven thirty, so I know we're going to jump off of here. I, I hope you appreciate that I gave you a full hour and a half of my time to talk about football during baseball season. Uh, if you if you hadn't had Loa earlier today, you'd have never made it. <laughs> I'd say it. This has been so much fun. I, this has been the best two and a half hours of my week. I'm going to answer all y'all's questions from the your show, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Rocker. And if you see on pitch in person, you know it's Rocker. Okay. No, I trust you. I trust you. Even though Lighter is rated a little higher, I'm taking Rocker every time. And you know I've said Rocker first. Yeah. Right? I talked about Rocker, you know, before Lighter. Um, But I I, I think you're right. I think it is. I I mean, I don't don't know how you go wrong with either one of those guys. I, uh, I got tickets for number five, Tennessee, versus number three, Vanderbilt, in about three weeks. So I'm excited. Hey, you want to meet me in Cincy? Uh, shoot, yeah, let's let's do it. When when are you talking about? We'll talk offline. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm about to I'm about to lose an 11 year old for a couple of months. I'm willing to travel. <laughs> hey, RC, it's been great. You got anything we will pub real quick? Uh, I, we are now taking phone calls, and we can actually do it on here if you want to. But uh, we published a number, and uh, on uh, the three R Sports and off the record, and being able to even set up a phone call or two is a lot of fun. So I think it's something we'll probably add to our show at some point. Just call up and I can plug. A, I got another number. I got a second number. I can plug it into our iPhone and we can interact. So uh, we love it on three R's and we'll do it again. And maybe we'll even bring it over here for a night or something. I, I'll tell you, um, I, I just I want to get all emotional just real quick before we jump off. Um, uh, you know, you know this. There, there's some big things get ready to jump off in my life. Yep. Um, and you know, this is, I said this to Kevin earlier. I'll say this to you now. I do this for no other reason other than I enjoy sports and I enjoy, um, talking about getting better at fantasy sports. Yep. So, um, everything that's been put in front of me is, is, you know, been completely unexpected and I, I am truly appreciative of everything that's given to me that I've worked for, that we've worked for. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, just know that when we come to you at 8 o'clock on Thursdays, when we come to you at 10 o'clock on Thursdays, when Randall comes to you on his shows, it's for no other reason than we just we need an outlet to talk about these things and to enjoy what we love. Absolutely a passion. And, you know, I, the, the fun part of it has been I got looped into this by you, yeah. into this network. Uh, we've got uh, some great guys on this network. Too. Absolutely. If you've not checked out the other shows on iLogic, do yourself a favor. There's a couple of them that is much watch TV for me. Uh, I love Reefers Digest, personal friends with Duke. Uh, for some reason, the bracket show just freaks to me. I watch the back bracket show every week now. So, and uh, of course, uh, great golf content for the people that play fan- daily fantasy golf. I'll tell you, you know, um, and and the the guys that run iLogicMedia.com are are great. Jonathan Cole, yeah, um, is wonderful. Mark and Chris are are amazing. Um, You know, I I really appreciate everybody there. But you know, we'll continue doing what we do, and um, you know, who knows? Maybe we talk about Bigfoot here in a couple weeks. Oh, you know what? I've been watching some videos. <laughs> Somebody sent me a look. Hey, I've been, I'm even starting to look a little more like it. So. You look like a mountain monster. I, I, I look, yeah, I'm ready to go chase it. Let's do it. Anyway, right, next week, we're going to talk about baseball. And we're going to put, we're gonna my, put football on the shelf for a couple weeks. Why my fantasy team stinks right now. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Hey, and, and that's what Kevin and I talked a little bit, right? Um, this is the time when you start to lose people. So keep grinding. Keep making those moves. Keep kind of just making, you know, you use every injury op- as an opportunity to make your team better. And that's what it's all about. So we'll continue to talk about some of those guys. Um, they'll put you in a good position to, to compete uh, going down the stretch. So Absolutely. We'll talk next Thursday at 10. See you, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed. Take care. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye.